Webheads or uh, nerds? Uh, isn't that isn't that hilarious? I called you nerds because you read comic books. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Amazing Spider Webcast issue twenty six, where we're going through the Amazing Spider Man issue by issue, and we are up to issue twenty six. Uh, this one features the Crime Master. Uh, and the uh, title is The Man in the Crime Master's Mask. Um, this might be one of the first issues that I feel was a little phoned in. Maybe more than a little phoned. It feels like a filler. Like, it feels like they knew something was going to happen soon. And so what they wanted to do was say, like, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's take it easy for an issue. See what we can get away with as far as that goes. And then, um, you know, if you've ever watched a show that, you know, you're getting close to the season's end and uh, you're not like quite there yet. So they'll have a weird episode where you're just like, okay, so you know what you wanted to do. You figured out how many episodes it was going to take. And then you're like, shit, we're going to arrive there. We're going to have sort of an extra episode floating. So uh, let's have just uh, this weird, you know, let's have Stranger Things Girl go to the city and hang out with other kids who have Stranger Things Girl powers. Um, and she becomes emo punk rock for a reason and then changes her mind. That's a little bit what this feels like. So this features, uh, the cover is kind of boring. The Green Goblin's in the background, probably cu cut and paste from another piece of art. And the crime master is shooting Spider-Man with a gas. Um, the inside cover, you know, that usually kind of summarizes what we're about to see, has uh, Frederick Foswell, the crime master, and the Green Goblin. And then Spider-Man is sitting in a question mark looking puzzled. And uh, it says, can Spider-Man solve this dark riddle cloaked within a grim puzzle hidden beneath the shadows of a deadly enigma? Which is a, a pretty great... That is a very Stan Lee description, but also, you know, a uh, dark riddle cloaked within a grim puzzle hidden beneath the shadows of a deadly enigma. That's just, uh, that's great stuff. If you remember from our last issue, um, Aunt May took Peter Parker's Spider-Man costume, which he played off as having because it was, he was going to do some kind of stupid joke or something. So he's searching the home for his costume and can't find where Aunt May stashed it. Um, so he just decides to go to bed and worry about it tomorrow. Because how? what could possibly go wrong with that? You know, it's not like he's a fucking superhero with a costume that is MIA, but still in the home, and, uh, you know, may need it to, like, save lives. Anyway, then uh, we have the, um, the Green Goblin and the... Uh, Crime Master. By the way, Crime Master, that's like, uh, what a phoned-in name and persona. I mean, he's just a a guy in a fedora and a suit with a very generic sort of cloth mask that has no real design element to it. So you're like, okay, so he's just some guy. Um, <laughs> that's his big persona. 
the crime master apparently had some kind of deal with the green goblin that now he's like uh he was going to take over all of the sort of um crime rings all the organized crime and uh the green goblin was going to be the muscle but then he meets up with the green goblin and he's like you know what fuck it i don't need you i'm gonna just do it myself and the green goblin is like what the hell and crime master's like well i know your secret identity so if you fuck with me i'll tell somebody now they're meeting uh on a you know nighttime pier and it's like, do you really want to meet with your muscle for your crime takeover um, and be like, hey, I'm just a guy, basically, and I'm going to meet with an insane person in a goblin costume, which features like, you know, a Speedo bottom and uh, drives around on a glider and has, you know, pumpkin themed uh, weapons. This seems like a fine person to just meet with and tell him, like, your services are no longer required and I'm cutting you out of the deal. And on, a, and a, you know, on a pier at night. That seems fine. But it actually, it does turn out fine. The goblin just goes away. And he's like, you've outsmarted yourself this time. You know, and he's like, oh, I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll tell everyone who you are, basically. Um try to stop me and I'll see the world knows who you, you know, this is the classic where you have the, like, I have an envelope that, you know, has your identity in it that I've sent to somebody. And, uh, the instructions are if they find out if they see, uh, so-and-so has died, they see my true identity has died. Their instructions are to open it. Um, you know, I have, I have a post office box that's got this thing addressed to, so-and-so and uh if i die the post office box will expire and then uh they'll send you know something some scheme like that where you're like well you just killing me here doesn't solve the problem even then sometimes i'm like well you blackmailing me continuously might not be better than me having to figure out how to prevent the blackmail part from happening and i, I might enjoy just killing you anyway but so anyway, then we cut to the crime master talking, you know, he busts in on a bunch of uh, thugs, toughs, who haven't had, quote, a caper in weeks, which I love. I love that they call it a caper. That's so, like, uh, old-timey, and it's so, like, uh, wholesome, almost. It's like, oh, we haven't had a good caper in weeks, and it's like, well, I assume a caper isn't, like, you know, um, cooking meth or something. You know, it's some goofy shit, like... Ooh, they have a huge prize money box in the Macy's Thanksgiving parade that Wells Fargo takes down the street with a bunch of horses. So if we could maybe get a cowboy-themed villain to, you know what I mean? <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, the crime master busts in and is basically like, I'm taking everything over. Then we cut to another guy who's asleep, and the little caption is hilarious on the first panel. Minutes later, in a room above a parked automobile, which the crime master has just walked away from, and then the crime master calls this guy on the phone and is like, I blew up your car, um, you know, and now I'm taking over. And you're like, you know, I think you just told me twice that the crime master did something to this car, and then the car blows up, and then the crime master's like, see how that blew up? 
I did that. And I was like, yeah, I think I put that one together. Could have just done one or the other, right? <laughs> In a room above a parked automobile, which the crime master has just walked away from. In a room in an enigma wrapped in a dark riddle stands a mysterious mystery secret. Anyway, we find out that the crime master is Frederick Foswell, who works at the Daily Bugle. I can only assume that his work at the Daily Bugle is basically he's doing a reverse Clark Kent Superman, where he's like, um, you know, Clark Kent worked at the Daily Bugle, or the Daily Planet, because... um. You know, he that way he could get the news and be like, oh, shit, things are happening. I need to prevent. And maybe Foswell is like, oh, shit, things are happening that um, I could take crime advantage of. Seems reasonable. Anyway, we cut back to Peter Parker, who's like, damn it. I still can't find this costume. Aunt May is not telling him where it is. So he's like, maybe I'll go to the Daily Bugle and get the other one that uh, got stolen from me by Smythe. He gets in an argument with Betty because she's like, why did you, like, fuck with Spider-Man? He's helped you out. And he's like, wow. Oh. You know, it, it just kind of happened. Um, and they start getting in a screaming match and then Jonah Jameson comes out and, to his credit, is like, I don't know what the hell's going on here, but get out of here. Like, you can't just come into the office and fight with the staff. Or, you know, if the staff is just fighting, uh, Parker, get out. You're like, all right, you know, a J. Jonah Jameson of today would probably sit behind the doorway and watch because he'd be just the worst person ever and be like, I enjoy the suffering of others. I'm going to watch these teens have their emotional fight. You know, that's like reality TV version of J. Jonah Jameson. But this one's like cranky old man, which I prefer. And he's just like, get out. I, I, don't, I ain't got time for this shit. Uh, Peter Parker suspects Foswell is up to something. So he hides a spider tracer in the hat band of Foswell's, you know, fedora. Which, you know, it didn't occur to me to now, because the spider tracers in this era are pretty big, like maybe the size of the palm of your hand. But it seems like there's probably unnecessary adornment on them to make them look like a spider. Which is, like, doubly bad, because A... Um, you know, extra adornment means extra chance of getting caught. And B, um, if someone were to find like a tracing device, wouldn't it, wouldn't you ideally want them to not have any idea who was following them? Like, you know, if you're going to attach one to a car, you don't want to put like, if found, call this number. Because if found, then they'll call the number and figure out who you are. Um, Peter Parker decides. He's going to beat the shit out of Flash Thompson and his friends. And so they get in a big fight, which uh, Liz, Liz Allen breaks up. And then uh, Peter goes to the principal's office. Um, but then it turns out, you know, Peter Parker doesn't rat out any of those guys who basically were taunting him and saying they were going to beat the shit out of him. And uh, so that makes Flash Thompson seem to have an apparent change of heart. And he steps into the principal's office presumably to tell him what's going on. Which is like um, an earlier turnaround for Flash Thompson than you'd think. I think he's always presented as just being a bully jock asshole. But you know, maybe he's got like a soul. 
um, part of what makes, I guess, these earlier comics a little more interesting. It's like the characters, you know, Flash Thompson is a bully to Peter Parker and a dick, but he's also Spider-Man's biggest supporter. And maybe he does have a weird code of honor, question mark? I don't know. Okay, then the Crime Master shows up. Basically, then we get like two or three pages of nonsense. Um, filler in the filler. And then Peter Parker hits on the idea of going to a costume shop where they have a Spider-Man costume. And this is um, kind of a great sequence in an unintentional way because he gets this Spider-Man costume. But, you know, it's not a great fit and it's like riding up in the back and the boots elastic is not tight. So they're like going down. They look like little leg warmers. It's all fucked up. And he has to use his webbing to like fix it and put it back together. And uh, this is probably very reminiscent of most kids' experience with Spider-Man pajamas slash Spider-Man Halloween costumes, which is like, uh, you put it on and you don't really look like Spider-Man. You know, it's not, uh, turns out when you're a little kid, you don't have like a, a physique to speak of. And, um, but also it's like loose and baggy in weird spots. And then it's like, tight in other spots and you know you're not smart enough as a kid but you're kind of like as an adult you're like what kid was this modeled on like what kid's body did they just like take the adult proportions and scale them down i don't think that works i think <laughs> that might be a mistake maybe you should take like kid proportions i don't know is it is it like weird to get like 10 kids and measure them and then average it or something like that you know but um, of course, Halloween costume companies are not are not known for their commitment to like, you know, we want you to look super and we want you to feel super. That's why we make super. <laughs> it's, not, it's not really their aesthetic. Um, so anyway, then we um, we kind of get uh, a scene where then Spider-Man is in the crime master's apartment. And he's poking around. The crime master takes a shot through the window, hoping to hit him. Um, and then they have a shootout where Spider-Man is shooting Webb at the crime master, but can't really hit him. And the crime master is shooting. But then, you know, Spider-Man counts six bullets and then is like, now's the time to strike. Which, if I were a super criminal, my next, my next thought is I would invent the first seven shooter. Because everyone would think I had I was out of bullets and I'd have one more. I don't know, you know, I don't see why not. Why couldn't you have seven? It'd just be a slightly larger gun. And probably no one would notice, right? And everyone would be like, well, six is the standard. So he's probably got six and it's like, ah, I developed the seven shooter. So everyone thinks I'm out and then pow, I give him one more. Or I guess alternatively, you could just carry two guns. And not, and no one would really have to know. So this this gets us into you know a hand to hand battle between the crime master and Spider Man, which is always kind of a problem because uh, not so much in these early days. Maybe Spider Man wasn't quite as like you know he wasn't able to like lift a, an airplane or something in this time, but you know it's like well it seems like if he punched someone in the face he would shatter every bone in their face. Um, but luckily the crime master has some kind of goofy gas gun, shoots Spider-Man in the face, 
and you know it's all caught up in his his mask for some reason um i guess because it's a crappy crappy costume um and he stuck it on with webbing i don't know it you know it's whatever so the crime master punches him off the roof and he's plunging down and the crime master of course doesn't bother to make sure that he actually hits the ground <laughs> he kind of walks away and he's like good that takes care of that then and you're like you do know this is spider-man right i mean wouldn't this be a little bit like um oh i i left superman out in the desert so he'll have lots of exposure to the sun and therefore will die not that that's like exactly what energizes him and he does all the time <laughs> so of course spider-man has no issue escaping this trap um then he decides instead of pursuing the guy he'll just go back to uh the daily bugle and try and get his real costume which jameson is like Smythe has it i don't what do you want um and then he leaves and you know the, the costume's all crappy like the mask is coming out of the neck hole and just it looks like shit which is great anyway then we have a uh, meetup where the the bad guys are going to meet up with the crime master um, a guy named Patch, who's a, a stool pigeon, also a great old timey term, which I, I don't know where that comes from. Like, hold on. Where does term stool pigeon come from? Police informer. Um, is said to be from decoys being fastened to stools to lure other pigeons. What? Okay. Oh, it's the practice of fixing a dead or replica pigeon onto a stool to act as a decoy to attract other pigeons for pigeon hunting. Huh. All right. Tying or nailing a dead pigeon to a stool to act as a decoy. Why would you nail a dead pigeon to a stool? I guess maybe you're just going to use the same dead pigeon forever. You just tape it or something. Are pigeons that aware? Anyway, a stool pigeon named Patch who is named Patch because he has an eye patch. <laughs> which is kind of like uh, Bruce Wayne's Matches Malone persona, which is like he always has a match that he's like sucking on. It's got between his teeth. I know what we should call him. Flames Magoo. Uh, he informs the cops that this is happening. So the cops, the crime master, and then Spider-Man goes back to the crime master's apartment again. You know, because I guess, why not? And uh, figures out this is happening. And the Green Goblin shows up. So the Green Goblin and uh, Crime Master have a little battle where they both sort of throw bombs and smoke at each other and then the Green Goblin runs away. And in the course of running away, the Green Goblin sees Spider-Man is about. So he knocks him out. And uh, uh, then the Crime Master is going to emerge into this room full of bad guys and be like, now I'm your new boss. And it's kind of hilarious because it shows him he's got this like warehouse where everybody's waiting on the docks, of course. And he's under on this sort of planked boardwalk underneath the dock and climbing up this shitty ladder. So he's in this like terrible shitty environment that he's going to use to sort of emerge and surprise everyone and be like, this is my grand entrance. But you're seeing how not grand the process of getting the grand entrance is. And it's kind of amazing. So anyway, he makes his grand entrance um, through a shithole. 
comes up through the floor and then he's on some kind of stage because apparently this is like a dockside warehouse loft space where they do probably performances of Shakespeare where they're like, but all the female roles are played by men. It's amazing. And then um, he's declaring himself the new leader. And then the Green Goblin busts in with a passed out Spider-Man and is like, I have Spider-Man. I beat him. Now I'm the boss. Oh, and Green Goblin couldn't get Spider-Man's mask off because he'd webbed it to himself, fortunately. Um, but the best part is one of the people in the uh, crowd, the last piece of dialogue is, he captured him. What's going to happen next? Uh, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. <laughs> so it's like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And then it's next issue. So, you know, he he basically ends the issue going like, um, I think probably when this was written, what they would say is, oh, this guy is saying what the readers are thinking. Um, another way of looking at that is, oh, what this guy is doing is saying what we want the readers to think. But, you know, who the hell knows if they're actually thinking anything like that. But uh, maybe we'll just it's like a laugh track. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see what happens next. And they're like, maybe if we say that, the reader will be like, I am excited to see what's happening next. Anyway, this is uh, one of my less favorite of these early issues. Probably my least favorite of the ones we've gone through so far. So it's a little unfortunate. But, uh, you know, we can still have a little fun with it. It's not horrible. It's just kind of a, eh. You know, it's like a... um. Uh, mid-90s Captain America or something, where you're just like, oh, here we go. He's running and punching, I guess. And uh, that's what he does. Well, there you go. We've got through another issue. Um, hopefully our next issue will be a little more engaging. And we'll see you next time for that. Like a vine, look out! Here comes the Spider Man.